Welcome. This is David Barris, president of the American Association of Bank Directors, host of ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Today we have as our guest Bill Boyan to address the trends in bank mergers, including valuations, consideration in the form of stock, cash, or some hybrid, what makes a bank more or less valuable, and what can a bank do before it sells to make it more valuable. Finally, Bill will address the question of the need for bank capital and in what form. Bill is a managing director at Piper Sandler. He's had an extensive career in representing banks in capital raises and merger transactions. Please let me know if you have any follow-up questions by contacting me at dbarris at aabd.org. You may also want to go to our website, www.aabd.org, for the uh, slides that uh, Bill has provided us on recent transactions. All right, let's call Bill. Good morning. Welcome to Calling All Bank Directors. Thank you for having me. Bill, uh, today we're going to be talking about your favorite subject, uh, bank mergers, acquisitions, and a little bit about capital. But I do want to mention that we are going to be posting your graphs on uh, bank merger trends and related information on our website so those who listen in can refer to those as they wish. So uh, let's get started uh, with a question on what are the trends that you are seeing in bank mergers, including valuations, stock versus cash or uh, hybrid, and mergers of equals, and also market forces, including the competition from fintechs, changing attitudes about sales and prices. First off, um, you know, the industry is doing fairly well. Um, We have survived COVID to this point. Um, The industry feels like um, we are switching gears from COVID in a low interest rate environment. And the Fed has begun uh, increasing rates, and the balance sheets of uh, the banking industry are trying to to adjust. Um, All the banks had significant amounts of liquidity, uh, both in cash but also in uh, securities, and loan-to-deposit ratios really plummeted um, given that there was so much liquidity and deposits in, in the market. So right now we're seeing incredibly low valuations from a PE perspective. If you look at the information and the slides that David mentioned on page seven, the price um, to estimated 2023 estimated earnings is 9.7 times. So we have really low PE valuations. Um, With rising rates, those securities portfolios that are a lot larger than they probably were pre-COVID as a relation to the assets of any particular bank um, have to be marked to market, and all that runs through AOCI in the equity section of the balance sheet. So AOCI does not impact regulatory um, uh, capital ratios, but it does impact tangible common equity to tangible assets, which is kind of a key ratio for investors to try to 
assess how much capital is really at uh, each bank, and it affects tangible book value per share. So you're seeing lots of banks as we're going through earnings announcements right now where tangible book uh, per share at March 31st is lower than December 31st, 2021. So um, in any event, um, the earnings um, seem to be being received fairly well. Bank stocks have actually performed really well for the last three days, and that is really what drives um, M&A. Um, so as we kind of digest all the earnings and, and get through uh, the first quarter, my expectation for the rest of the year will be expanding net interest margins as you get into the second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter of this year, which should lead, lead to better valuations. And um, that really drives M&A. So as bank stocks um, – trade up and they traded higher uh, multiples, then they can afford to pay higher multiples when they buy other banks. On the other side, uh, on the seller side, you know, they are pretty focused on the price, their exit price, if they do want to sell. Um, so they're waiting for the capacity of the buyers to increase so that they can exit at a number that they find acceptable. Now, in reality, what those um, sellers should be thinking is if uh, if you have a uh, a buyer that's trading a two times tangible book, that gives them a, the ability to probably pay, you know, 190, 195 of tangible book. doesn't mean that they will, but it gives them that capacity to do so. Um, but if a bank trades at 100% of tangible book, that means they can pay 95% of tangible book. So the exchange ratio in each instance is the exact same. You're getting the same level of ownership. The seller is getting the same level of ownership in the combined company as compared at one times tangible book as two times tangible book. So they really should focus on the exchange ratio and the future value of that stock. So if you are gonna buy a stock uh, outside of M&A, you're just gonna invest in banks. Clearly you wanna be buying banks uh, at 100% of tangible book uh, and not buying bank stocks at two times tangible book. So people should really be thinking about the future value of that currency they're taking because most transactions are a majority stock consideration, although there is more cash in deals than we've seen in, in, uh, in recent history. Um, um, and I expect that will continue to some degree, but um Bank M&A deals are still primarily um, stock consideration um, in, in most cases. So um, additionally, uh, you had mentioned syntax and competition. We are seeing uh, more competition um, from fintechs. And historically, uh, you saw fintechs really kind of focusing on, focusing on homogenous asset generation mortgage, home equity, auto, credit cards, and the like. Those are uh, scalable um, um, lending uh, silos that uh, can be easily uh, generated uh, or originated online. Um, with, uh, with the advent of PPP and COVID, um, we saw the ability of the industry change or with the help of fintechs that 
banks were able to originate commercial assets quickly and efficiently um, online or uh, using um, the computer um, and doing so quickly, you know, with uh, automated underwriting and, and the like. I'm not going to say that the underwriting is better, but there is this ability now for with these fintechs to really push into the commercial side of asset or, uh, origination. So, um, in any event, there is more competition than ever before for deposits and loans, and um, that is going to uh, ultimately lead to uh, greater M&A in the future as the smaller banks who cannot afford to be in spend that kind of money on uh, technology will decide to combine with larger, more capable banks that can spend the dollars on technology. With that, I'll stop and see if you have any additional questions on that topic. No, I think we can move on to the next one, which is um, what what makes a bank more or less valuable uh, in terms of a sale and in your experience, and what, what can a bank do about it before it sells? What are the strategies getting ready? Well, people always love to talk about price-to-tangible book, but in reality, it's really earnings power that drives pricing um, for the most part. Um, so I would say that um, banks that are considering selling um, should try to maximize their earnings. Um, look at your branch system and see if there are underperforming banks where you maybe you should be shutting down branches that are either too small or uh, too inefficient um, or take other steps where they can improve uh, operating leverage um, to drive earnings uh, because that will really help them uh, exit, you know, exit at a uh, at the highest possible price. What's your current advice? Uh, and I think you've covered uh, some of that on on acquisitions as to what banks, both sellers and buyers, should be doing now. What was it be a uh, comparison as to where it was a year ago and where you think it will be a year from now? So this this gets into the question of timing. When does a when should a bank buy? When should a bank sell? Well, I, I think that um, the real answer to that is um, a bank should consider selling when they don't feel like they uh, have the tools to to continue. Um, succession is an enormous issue in the industry. Um, technology is a big issue. Um, but when we when we think about succession, we tend to think about the CEO, the CFO. But um, you know, from the Great Recession. Um, a lot of bankers uh, ended up working a lot longer than they otherwise had hoped or thought they would. So you're seeing the frontline C-suite uh, people staying on uh, well beyond 65 and some to 70. Um, so you're ending up with a second level of management that are approaching a more traditional retirement age, which might be kind of 62 to 65. So you've got a lot of senior managers trying to retire at about the same time in a lot of banks, and that creates a lot of angst uh, at the board level. They then have to make a decision. Are we going to retool our management team, go outside and find people or train people internally, or do we really want to bet uh, on a management team that uh, that um, is at an acquirer? And, um, 
that's a difficult decision for a board to make. And I tend to see more banks betting on an acquire war than they're than the, trying to retool their management team. So, um, you know, if you're going to be an investor and have an investor hat on, uh, like the board has to really kind of look at things, they'd rather kind of bet on a larger, more capable bank that has uh, so many more tools, uh, so much more convenience uh, for the customer, larger legal lending limit, rather than trying to reinvest in the bank that they own, which is probably smaller in a, in a more challenging or risky investment at that point. So we are seeing uh, boards making a diff- difficult decision to merge rather than than to uh, than re- reinvest and retool. Bill, finally, a uh, little off subject, but uh, it's something that uh, I think is on the minds of some banks as they continue to grow or need capital. But what are you seeing as to the need of banks for equity capital? I know the debt market has been active for you, uh, but what do you see in the near future as far as equity capital needs and and what are banks starting to do about it? Well, um, the the sub-debt market really opened up in 2014, and we have been um, right at the, the center of that, that effort. Um, if people look at page 20 of the packet I sent uh, to you, David, um, there's been about $40 billion of uh, issuance by, um, by community banks um, or banks less than $45 billion in assets. And we've had a 56% market share in that space. Um, pretty much every single year, we're number one in, um, in uh, sub-debt issued by banks and, and placing that debt. And that's telling us that, you know, low rates really drove a lot of um, that, those, that issuance. But it's also um, banks having to find a security to leverage their common. Um, coming out of the Great Recession, uh, banks built their tangible common equity tangible assets ratio up. Then they needed a little more leverage, um, so they added sub-debt. With uh, the rising rates right now and the erosion of that tangible common equity tangible assets with the, um, the uh, ASS portfolio uh, being marked down, um, we're starting to see the need to move to the common equity markets. So, uh, the sub-debt market is still going strong, um, but we're going to see a lot of banks in 2022 uh, switch uh, gears and head to the equity markets. And that will position themselves for, one, greater growth, because loan loan growth is returning. But there is, um, on the horizon, going to more than likely be uh, some credit issues that come come out of COVID. There are a lot of commercial leases that will be maturing. And companies have to decide whether or not they want to, you know, expand their uh, office space or decrease the amount of square footage that they really need or want to uh, support. And that's going to affect landlords. That's going to affect uh, commercial loans on the on the balance sheets of banks across the country. I'm not sure that that's going to be a material problem, um, but it will be an issue. There will we will see charge offs coming out of that. So. Again, banks are going to raise capital to get ahead of potential losses that are going to come out of COVID. Um, to the extent banks have uh, excess capital, they're going to use that for to buy back stock, um, to increase cash dividends, but also to buy other banks. 
Um, but they're going to be uh, on the other end, end of the, um, uh, they're going to be banks that, as a result of this AOCI issue that we're experiencing now, are going to find that their TCE ratios are getting much lower than they would be comfortable at, and certainly uh, investors will take notice. So um, a lot of banks will need to uh, appropriately raise common to fix those lower TCE ratios. Bill, thank you uh, for joining us today. This was very enlightening, and uh, we appreciate it very much that you spent time with us. Well, thank you, David, for inviting me, and uh, you're doing uh, great work at American Association of uh, Bank Directors, and um, we appreciate the opportunity to participate.